And uh, for our exposition this morning, I'll be reading from Matthew 28, 16, a very, very famous passage on the Great Commission. And I'm reading from the NIV, Matthew 28, 16. Then the uh, 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Um, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God. Now the issue here in this, in this passage is uh, maintaining a zeal for the gospel that we just celebrated today. Maintaining a sense of, I, living it, celebrating it, but also proclaiming it. Having that, that zeal, that that heart for it, commitment. And uh, how, how do we do that? How do we maintain this? And it's, it's kind of sad but encouraging to us that the disciples themselves were struggling. Here they meet the resurrected Lord, the 12, or the 11 here in, in this case. They actually worship him. I mean, they could not but worship him. They've seen enough. They've heard enough. Here's, I mean, the last people on earth to worship a human being would be the Jews. But they saw enough and they bowed down and worshipped him. Yet, some of them doubted. It's amazing, isn't it? So just like us, they struggle. So we're going to look at this doubt and try to, try to glean some principles for us today. Let's look at this actual feeling of doubt. Now, um, this, uh, this word doubt is not really referring to, is not, does, did not happen because of lack of facts or lack of evidence. They've seen enough. Even just in the book of Matthew itself, he's had a general healing ministry. He, had, he healed the centurion's daughter. He healed the leper. He healed the demon-possessed. The demoniacs in the, guard, in, the, in the Gadarene area. He healed the paralytic. He raised the ruler's daughter. He healed a woman from hemorrhage. He, he healed two blind men. You know, he, he just did so many miracles in front of the disciples. They've seen enough. He overwhelmed us with, with evidence. This is just the book of Matthew. And actually, in, uh, in chapter 14, we have a case where, you know, the, the Lord was walking on water, and Peter saw the Lord and said, Lord, command me to come to you. And uh, the Lord said, come. And so Peter actually stepped out of the boat and started walking on water. Here, he saw the Lord walking on water. The disciples saw that. Peter himself walked on water, and then he saw the, the waves and the wind and began to sink. And, the Lord, and he 
cried out the shortest prayer in the scriptures, Lord, save me. Lord said, stretched out his arm and grabbed him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Here's that same word again. So again, it's not lack of evidence. You know, we have enough evidence. We know. We can worship him, yet at the same time entertain doubt, struggle, like that. So it's really not referring to a deep-seated unbelief. It's rather, ref this word doubt is referring to this, uh, this half-heartedness, this wavering, this not, not giving it all, you know, just, just not really giving everything to him. It's just hesitancy, you know. We worship him, sing to him, but then we're hesitant. This is what's going on here. And... Um, it's, uh, it's remarkable. It's like, you know, we have uh, systems of government where, um, where it's a monarchy, a kingdom. Like in Jordan, we have a king. He has, has authority over the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch. He's real king, you know. But we have other monarchies like England and other places where the, the authority really does, is not with the with the with the king, like in England, King Charles, who was just coronated. The authority is really with the prime minister. You know, we follow spiritually kind of a, a British system. We say, Lord, you are the king, but I am the prime minister. We don't want to give, it, give him reign. So this is the concept of doubt that we're, we're seeing here. So what's the cause? What's the cause of this doubt? We can think of several reasons, but I think um, one main reason for this doubt is the place they were meeting, Galilee. Actually, during the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, he told the disciples that he's going to, in the end, after his death and resurrection, meet them back in Galilee. This is in 2632. On resurrection morning, the angel appeared to the Marys coming to the tomb, the two Marys, and he said, the angel said to them, uh, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And later again, Jesus um, met the Marys on their, way to, on their way to the disciples, and he said the same thing. Tell the disciples, I'll meet them in Galilee. What's this thing about Galilee? Why is that so important? Well, you know, Galilee was a place of most of his ministry, his teaching, his miracles was done in Galilee, especially Capernaum. When it was time for him to go to the cross, he left Galilee, went down for a few days to, to Jerusalem, and that's when he was put on trial, various kinds of trials, and then was hung on the cross. He died, resurrected, back to Galilee. You know, this was kind of a unspoken message. It was very clear to the disciples. They're meeting back in Galilee. So to them, it said to them that uh, Christ has not ended his ministry. He's continuing till this day. He started in Galilee. He continued in Galilee. He's continuing till this day. And not only that, but he's passing on the baton to them, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's to them, that's an overwhelming challenge. That's a life and death kind of thing. 
So they worshiped him, but they're holding back because they can see that the whole world is in front of them, and they were hesitant. That's the cause of this half-heartedness. It's tough. You know, not only is the Middle East tough, the United States is tough. It's really tough. The, the enemy is at work. What a challenge you have here. You could be in a place of work, place of study, your neighborhood, and you face some people that are thinking all kinds of strange ideas that are unbiblical and far from the true God. And, oh, you begin to talk, and there's immediate opposition and even persecution. And it's, you can, I'm sure you can tell stories. So they can see it. They saw him. If I was in their place, I would feel the same way. My goodness. He is the Son of God. We're worshiping him, but my goodness, to give him all, this is really tough. So, you know, how, this is what's going on. So that's the, um, that's the issue. And, and that's, that's what turns us to what is the cure? So we know the the concept of doubt, what it means. We saw a little bit of the, the cause for this doubt. And now the cure. What's the cure? What's the, the text here really says, um, so they worshipped him, but some doubted. In verse 18 it says, then Jesus came to them. Jesus came to them. Here they're standing and he comes to them, he comes close to them. Now, this coming is used 86 times in the New Testament, but it's always people coming to Jesus. It's rare that Jesus comes to the people. Actually, of the 86 times, only four times Jesus comes. There's, um, uh, once there was uh, a need for healing, he comes and there's healing. There's a dead person, he comes, and the person is risen. At the Mount of Transfiguration, there's fear. He comes to quiet the fears. Here's a situation of doubt. He comes. He comes to them, so we better listen. He's got the cure for this doubt, for this half-heartedness. And what is this cure? He suddenly says that only he can say these words. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Isn't that amazing? All authority in heaven and on earth doesn't leave much out, does it? Has been given to him. Now, this is salvation language. What he's saying is because of what he did on a cross, rise from the dead, because of the salvation he provided, all authority has been given to him. Now, watch this. He has all authority to begin with. You know, he's the eternal son of God. He has it all. But he's been given that authority a second time as a son of man. In his human nature, he is the Messiah. Actually, in other places of Scripture, like Hebrews says, he's being perfected. You know, not that he's not perfect. He's perfect, but he's becoming, he's showing his qualification to be the Messiah in his human nature. So he's given authority as a savior, and which means he's given authority so that we may share in this authority one day. He's not given authority so he can show his muscles. No, he's given it because we are going to share in that authority someday. 
We will sit with him. He promised his disciples they will sit on the 12 thrones, judge, on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. We are going to judge the world, Paul says. We're going to rule with him. We're going to be priests with him. He is gaining authority as man on our behalf so we can share in this authority. In other places, in Hebrews, it says he was given to inherit. He was appointed an inheritor. He inherited everything. All things. He inherited all things. Well, he owns all things. But then Jesus, as a son of man, he is inheriting this. Why? So that we can share in his inheritance. We are sharing with him his authority, his inheritance. He's seated at the right of Why? He's seated. Of course, he's in eternity, sitting on the highest throne of heaven. But he's seated again. It's that language of salvation again because of what he's done on the cross. He says, wow. All authority has been given to me. He's passing it on to us. So in other words, as we face this enormous challenge of the world that needs us to disciple, very fearful, very enormous challenge. On our own, it's fearful. We could worship. If we're not thinking of who he is, just on our own, we worship him. We've seen enough to worship him And we're holding back because we have not come to realize all that it means, who he is, what he has accomplished. It has not sunk in yet from our minds into our hearts and and our actions. So he's saying, all authority has been given to me and passed on to you. Great power of salvation has been given to us. When we realize that, that's where the cure is. That's where it happens. Hang on to his authority. And, um, uh, you know, this is a, very much a theme in the scriptures. Like uh, Daniel says of him, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. That's him. You know, the thing is, as you face these tough challenges where you are, you cling to him in prayer, appropriating who he is by faith, you will experience his power in and through you in amazing ways. You know? That's what we've seen happen in the Middle East, a tough Middle East, tough, but really tough place. You know. Um, that's where the authority is. And authority does not lie anywhere else outside of him. Not in a certain committee or a certain you know, a political a party or uh, some person somewhere or some, um, some religion. It's only in him and nowhere else. That's him. We've got him. And he owns it all. And he's passing it on to us because of what he did on the cross. We just proclaim that. So, how does this show? What's the consequence of this? So we saw the, the concept of doubt, the cause of it, the cure of it. Now the consequence, what happens? So he says, uh, he says, well, based on that, therefore, based on what I am and what I have done on that basis, disciple. That's the only imperative there. That's the only command. Disciple. 
people of all nations, not just the easy nations, the tough nations also. Disciple them. Have a relationship of pouring your life into them just like he did with the disciples. We are to do with all people. Just have a, have a ministry of discipleship, discipleship, imparting on them everything we know. Disciple, how do you, how do you disciple? You baptizing, teaching. And watch this, baptizing, literally baptizing into the name, one name, one nature, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He reveals this true God who exists eternally in a relationship. And actually, the reason that God is relational with us is because he is relational in himself. That's the part that other religions do not have. They hold on to the absolute oneness of God. There's no relationship within God in eternity. Therefore, you cannot define attributes. You cannot trust any attributes. He remains in that concept of the absolute oneness of God outside the Trinity. If you neglect the Trinity, you end up with a God who is capricious, whom you cannot know and cannot trust. Now go. You know, so that Sacrament or the rite of baptism in water is really an expression of what happens spiritually by being united to this, this God. And then it's by, by introducing them to this God, there's teaching. The teaching is parallel. So the baptism the, and the teaching come together. We're proclaiming, just like the Lord's Supper, proclaiming the death of the Lord until he, he comes. That's what happens. And that, that's where you experience the power of the triune God. So what this is telling us is the power or the, the power of zeal, the power of the zeal we could have really springs from clinging to the power of the salvation he's accomplished that is able to cure us from the power of doubt and half-heartedness. Again, the power of our zeal, our passion, devotion, enthusiasm, vigor, the power of that uh, stems from the power of his salvation through the cross to be given all authority. And that power of salvation cures us from the power that draws us back, the power of doubt. That's what we call to we're in this together. Here in the United States, there in the Middle East, we're partnering together in this. Why don't we bow our heads for prayer? Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you take these words and make them real in our thinking, our feelings, our decisions, and our actions because of the heavy price that was paid on the cross that we may share in his authority. In Jesus' name we pray.